songs that shape us. In previous weeks, we've looked at Psalms 1 and 2, but we're skipping Psalms 3 to 7, so that today we will spend our time together in Psalm 8. Psalm 8 is a song that just explodes with praise. Praise about the glory and majesty of God. So what I want to try and do in the next few minutes is uh, we look at together how this psalm sort of gives us more reasons to praise. And my, my heart is that you go away today with praises to God continuous and ongoing on your lips because of his majesty and glory and splendor and wondrous works. So in his journey of faith, there are many potholes. Reality is that life throws challenges and we need to prepare for all that life throws at us. If I asked us right now, perhaps with a show of hand, how many of us want to please God? I do believe we'll all raise our hands, and I believe it honestly, because we do all want to please God. But just think with me for a moment. Just imagine us as students, just for a moment. We have come to class, and we have an examination coming up soon. The teacher has given us the textbook. He has pointed out the very chapters we ought to read. The teacher is preparing us for the exams. But then some of the students say, I want to pass this exam pretty good, but I don't really have the time for the textbook. The teacher says, we are going to have some lectures. The students say, well, okay, I will attend maybe one or two of the lectures because I don't really have much time for these lectures. Do you want to pass the exams? Of course, yes. <laughs> My problem is I don't have all the time in the world. See, the teacher has shown us the textbook. He's told us how to use it. He has given us chapters for the coming season. He says, read it, understand it, live by it, sing it, and you will be fine in the season ahead. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, our hearts and our minds are open that you continue what you already started with us during the worship time. 
we know that the entrance of the word of God gives light. God's word can build us and deliver us into our inheritance. Lord Jesus, our hearts are open. Jesus, your name is the word of God. So word of God, come into our hearts. Come in today. Come in and stay, we pray. Amen. Well, I'm going to invite um, a friend of mine, Shola. Um, Shola is going to come up here and help us, and together we are going to read Psalm 8. So, come on, Shola. So we're all going to read Psalm 8 together, and it should appear on the screen as well. But if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm 8. But we're reading from the ESV version. Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. We are, we are reading together. We are reading together. <laughs> o Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to steal the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? You have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas, O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you. See, the beginning and the end of this song says, O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is no mistake at all. See, the clear theme, which we will see shortly as we unravel this, is the majesty majesty of God in all the earth. So it starts with God, ends with God. Starts with his glory, ends with his glory, because it's all about him. Some of you can begin to understand where this is going for us, that the reason for making disciples, family members, and missionaries of all nations is rightly for the glory of God. This song also reminds me, kind of similar to how Jesus modeled prayer, that we start appropriately with our Father, who is in heaven, hallowing, glorifying his name, and then ending our prayers with hallowing, glorifying his name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, your glory and your power forever and ever. Amen. So Psalms 8, verse 1 and 2 says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name, 
in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to steal the enemy and the avenger. Oh Lord, our Lord. A direct address to God. How is God's name majestic in all the earth? Is it because of the natural environment, the mountains, the valleys, the rivers, the trees, the animals, the oceans? See, the earth is so beautiful because the earth is alive, it is moving, it's reproductive. See, in earth, we observe growth and development in living things. Nature, life on earth is not static. The beauty and wonder of God, his wondrous creation. And the song goes to say, you have set your glory above the heavens. Here the psalmist takes us on a journey beyond the physical world into the spiritual world that we do know very, very little about. But at the very least, we know about heavenly beings, at least from the Bible, is that angelic beings constantly sing praises to God. And we should too. The glory of God is beyond visible heavens. Now after heralding the greatness and majestic name of God on the earth, that God's glory is greater than the earth, high above the earth, Indeed, higher than the heavens, calling our attention to this exceeding glory of God. We then contrast to verse 2 of Psalm 8 on how enemies are defeated, avengers are defeated by baby's mouth. What is that? <laughs> Strength in the mouths of babies and infants. I thought babies and infants are nursing, suckling human beings, just starting up the human life. So God, you established strength in the mouths of babies, nursing, suckling infants. See, a baby is a depending human being. Babies depend on the father and the mother. The dependence is expressed in any way a baby cries or does anything. Now watch with me. See the glory of God. Watch this with me. See, on the one hand, we have this innocent, depending, weak baby versus the mighty avenger and enemy. So the enemy is boasting. Arrogant, not depending, but rather rely on their power. But God is using this baby to humiliate this powerful enemy. The strength from the mouth of babies is to defeat, destroy the enemy and the avenger. Jesus referenced this verse. In Matthew 21, after he'd gone into the temple, he smashed everything, chased out the money changes. But I was said they brought in many that were sick and couldn't walk. 
He healed all of them. To the point, children started crying and singing. So let's pick up the story in verse 14 of Matthew 21. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, that they were indignant. And they said to him, so these professors of the law were upset. So they said to Jesus, do you hear what these are saying? Jesus responds to them, yes, have you never read? Jesus then quotes Psalm 8 verse 2. Out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. Jesus says, let them do what they are doing because they praise God. See, this is a superb practical application of the psalm by Jesus himself. So how do we respond practically? How do we do this today? What does this mean to us today? Jesus is telling us the how. See, when we read Psalm 2, uh, Psalm 8, verse 2, it says, out of the mouth of babies, you've established strength. Jesus, when quoting it, says, out of the mouth of babies, you have prepared praise. Uh-oh. Jesus is connecting praise to strength. See, there is such an awesome strength. The power of God that is released when we begin to praise God. Paul and Silas comes to mind. We will continuously see the glory and strength of God upon us this season as we praise God lavishly. See, one of the kings of Judah did exactly this. A king called Jehoshaphat. His country, Judah, was surrounded by a greater army, more powerful than himself. Uh, so he went to God. Lord, I am powerless, I admit it. I want to depend on you. He cried to God. And God said, the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. But I love King Jeho's response to God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21. And when he had taken counsel with the people, so God spoke to him. Then he went to the people and spoke to the people about what God had said to him. So after he had spoken to the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army and say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. When God says the battle is mine, <laughs> we respond by thank you in praise. When he says I have won the victory, we respond to him by praising him. Now I'm not talking about praising him when everything is going smoothly. No. It's not only when things are on the high for you. Uh, no. Nah. 
that's not what we're talking about. What I'm talking about is maintaining a lifestyle of praise and thanksgiving to God, irrespective and independent of circumstances. Whether it's interest rates change, stamp duty, it doesn't matter. See, God's glory is most visible when we praise him, confessing, acknowledging, glorifying his name. Just imagine a God that is so faithful and committed to the point that even your weakest moment, he says, I can use it for your advantage. Says, count it all joy when you go through all sorts of tests and unpleasant situations. Because all things are working together for your good. What is not to love about God? That even your lowest moments, the worst of times, he says, I'm in it with you. Even those terrible times, I'm using it at the end of the day for your advantage. Wow. Mayolua titi lai lai titi lai lai titi lai lai Mayolua titi lai lai titi lai lai titi lai lai Okay for you English folks I will praise him from everlasting, everlasting to everlasting. I will praise him from everlasting, everlasting to everlasting. Psalm 119, 103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. So the praise of God that proceeds out of our mouth paralyzes the enemy. Never. Never allow the praise of God to depart from your lips. It creates strength that repels the enemy. All hail the Lamb and throned on high. Your praise shall be my battle cry, you reign victorious, forever glorious, your name is Jesus, 
You are the Lord. Come on, let's do it one more time. All hail the Lamb. said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.15, practice these things, immerse yourself, give yourself to them and all will see your progress. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law, the word of God should not depart out of your mouth. Keep talking it, keep saying it, keep singing it. This is how you become prosperous. This is how you get good success. God's strength, power, and glory is revealed and most visible in weakness and dependence on him. It's the nature of God's upside-down kingdom, where he assigns strength and weakness, wisdom and foolishness in unexpected, unimaginable ways. So back to the song, song uh, Psalms 3 to 4, verse 3 to 4 of Psalm 8. It says, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, that the work of your fingers, not the work of your hands this time, your fingers creating the stars and the moon and you set them in place. See, there is a nuance here of tenderness, the fingers, not the hands. See, the fingers are used to create delicate things. It shows the ease of God, but also the tenderness, careful attention to detail, fashioned by the fingers of God. So God, in view of your majesty, in view of your glory, both in the physical world, taking your time to delicately place things like stars and moon, in view of the heavens and beyond it, in view of all of this, like I said, what is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you consider him? Wow the love of God that considers us. I said earlier, everything is filtered through his love. It has to be. See, because humanity, we have this our frailty, we are insignificant, uh, perishable humans, yet your love considers us. You so loved the world the world of humans. Thank you. One of the church fathers said this about man. Says, what is man 
that you remember and visit him. Man, filled with filth, sin, lack of gratefulness, evil, subjection to the devil. What is human being? Jesus demonstrated the love of God through his grace by leaving his own throne to ride on a donkey. Majesty, true lowliness. Jesus himself became man without filth, but he took on filth. Without sin, but he became sin for us on the cross. He substituted himself for us, even to the point of death. God's peculiar majesty and glory is defeating enemies and ruling the world through weakness in babies and insignificant and helpless men and women. Just will God remind us again in 1 Corinthians 1, 26. Should appear on the screen. Say, for consider your calling, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us Wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. It's not about our strength or about our power. Just like David's anointing. David, an insignificant, weak sibling, compared to his well-trained, well-marshaled, disciplined, strong soldier brothers. One day God went to, uh, God spoke to prophet Samuel in 1 Samuel 16. He said, Samuel, I have rejected Saul, the current king of Israel. I want you to go to Jersey. I have decided to make one of his sons the next king of Israel. Prophet Samuel ran. Brother Jesse, this is what God has said. So please, bring out your sons. Jesse, Brother Jesse, nice guy, brought out all of his sons. Prophet Samuel, as soon as he saw the first son, Eliab by name, he went, the Lord anointed is before him. God said, stop. I have rejected him. Eliab was the prototype. He was the first son, head and shoulders above everyone else, well-trained, a military man, strong. He looked like the king. God said, no. Okay, 
Like the next one, no, no, no. And all the sons went past, no. Everyone was confused. Samuel said, Brother Jesse, I trust God that sent me here. Do you have any other son? Brother Jesse scratched his head. There remains one small rascal. He's at the backside looking after sheep and goats. Could you imagine? David was not even considered as a potential son to be the king of Israel. But Samuel told him, Brother Jesse, until he comes here, we're not going to sit down. You have to go fetch that young man. The Bible says, as soon as David walked in, God says, Samuel, get up, anoint him. This is he. This is the king of Israel. Anoint him. It is not by power or by might. The race is not to the fastest or the strongest. It is his anointing. Dependence on him. That's why Jesus told us in Matthew 18, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, dependent on him, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. In Luke 10, we see Jesus leap for joy. The Bible says he was rejoicing, saying, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden things from the wise and revealed them to dependent babies. Lord, I lift my weakness high, unashamed. In my weakness, you are glorified. Sorry, let's go back into the psalm. Verse five of the song says, you consider us and crown us with your glory and honor. So God gave man dominion and have put all things under his feet. All of his creation, that man has been given authority. God has made us in his image with unique ability for all of humanity to be able to speak, have language, decision-making, choice, freedom. But the big question is, when? How? Because we don't see that dominion at all. When is this true? Where is this dignity of mankind, all of humanity? Because it seems all we tend to see is disease, pain and suffering and chaos and mess. Hebrews 2 lets us know that, yes, we do not see everything subject to the good rule and dominion of mankind, but we do see Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 21 says, for as by one man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. See, all die in the first man, Adam. Adam is the representative man. But then comes 
another Adam, a second Adam. It says the first man, Adam, became a living being. But the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. See, this dominion and dignity of all of mankind is found and fulfilled in Christ Jesus, who is the second and the last Adam. Jesus is a righteous man we heard in Psalm 1. He is the king that we heard in Psalm 2. So what is our practical response, brothers and sisters? Our how should I now live my life is to radically reject the world. Lord, I give you my heart and my soul. Our lives are utterly and completely abandoned for his glory and praise. That's our response. So through Jesus, let us at all times and always offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Lord, our response to you is all of our lives completely exposed to you as living sacrifices. We bring you our sacrifices of praise, acceptable and pleasing to you through Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. See, Jesus is this worldwide ruler with dominion over everything. He is a righteous and anointed king that we are found in him. We've won his righteousness as a gamut. We are seated with him in heavenly places. Therefore, we rejoice and shout for joy because in Christ Jesus, we enter and exercise this wonderful dominion over the earth. And we know that Jesus has guaranteed by himself that his people, those that put trust and faith in him will share with him in the government of the world. Let's, let's bring this to an end. The last verse of the song says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. O Lord, our Lord, again, a personal address to God, but it presupposes community. See, there are other places in the Bible we hear, O Lord, my God. O God, my God. But here it says, O Lord, our Lord. Our Lord points to a collective, a corporate, a sense of community, not individual. See, it's appropriate that it happens this way because the spectrum, uh, the vision of the psalmist and new community is much beyond an individual. See, our vision embraces everything and everyone. Let me speak over us as we finish. I would like to invite my friends back again.
The Lord has made you a tree planted by the rivers of living water. New community church. Now you bring forth fruit in this season and every season. Your leaf shall not wither and you prosper in all that you do. New community church, God has fashioned you with his fingers tenderly, recreated you in such a way that you will blossom in winter, in spring, in autumn, in summer. God says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make you into nations. Nations are coming to you. Kings shall come from you. It's now fulfilled in your new community through Jesus Christ. So it's time to burst forth. Blossom and bring out your beautiful flower. The truth of God is in you. The word of God is in you. The praise of God is in you. And it's a praise of strength and fruitfulness. Oh Lord, our Lord, your glory is exalted far above the earth and heavens. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for the privilege of worship and for guiding us in the way of true praise and worship that's acceptable to you. Thank you for granting us the ability to condition our minds and our senses to offer true praise and worship from our hearts for the glory and praise of God in Jesus' name.